Sweet Stash is a home-baked business specializing in cake pops, brownies, cakes, and more. Celebrate your special occasions with all of your favorite people. If we're at a party and they have Sweet Stash, I know where Mario will be. Buy the cake pop stand. To place your orders, check them out on Facebook or Instagram. Are you all ready to up your drinking game? Absinthe Minded AZ is a pretty freaking amazing and super rare company. Absinthe is truly an acquired taste type of drink. People like Picasso, Hemingway, and Van Gogh were known to throw back a few. I mean, The Raven may have never been written if Edgar Allan Poe wasn't drinking this stuff. Who, by the way, was an artilleryman in the United States Army. Go Redlegs! This misunderstood spirit became legal again in the United States in 2007. And now you can try it for yourself here in AZ. Plus, co-owners Doc Ordovich and Justin Slusher are pretty cool dudes. Absence Minded is produced with 100% natural herbs based off of traditional formulations with variations to accommodate the palates of the modern drinker. Pour, sip, and enjoy. So if you want to find out more about this amazing company, go to their Facebook page or AbsenthemindedAZ.com. And their Instagram page is pretty dope. Fallen! All right, all right, everybody take a seat, grab a drink, let's get this show started. Oh, oh, oh. Mon ami, je m'appelle Mario. Voulez-vous coucher avec moi? When you first started, I, I thought you were doing Fat Albert. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> Fat Albert. Yeah, it's the same. Fat Albert was uh, French. I didn't know that. Yep. He was French. He was also a lover, oh. which goes into our show. Ooh. Uh, so today, even though it's not technically, um, um, I was going to say Thanksgiving. I'm hungry already. Oh, Jesus. Valentine's Day, which is the same thing. Mm-hmm. We eat out what we love. Oh, my Lord. Thanksgiving and Valentine's oh Day. But it is uh, February, so it is the lover's month, as I've coined it. Yes. Um, so we have a special guest today. Mm. We're going to make it a little, um, 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 lover's theme. Uh, we're going to reach into your soul. At least Leslie Lyon is, Ooh. she is the, our, our guest for today. And, uh, she's going to be talking about, um, the spirits, the soul, your chakras. Aww. Um, she is, um, a maverick CEO. She calls herself, mm. uh, where uh, or she says uh, CEO meets shaman. Oh, nice! Energetic alchemy is the hidden key to in, uh, integrating your soul, leadership, relationships, and businesses. <clears throat> so she's got a lot of um, um, uh, experience uh, with with chakras. You know, yoga, getting in tune with yourself, kind of discovering those those those. Uh, those hidden talents, if mm-hmm. you will, like digging deep and uh, very spiritual. I'll say that. And um, so I'll let her explain exactly what she does. Um, she takes people on spiritual guides as well. I believe that's what a, a shaman mm-hmm. is, right? Uh, and so I'll let her get into that because I don't quite understand all this. It's very interesting and I and I love learning about it. I'm, I'm very new to mm-hmm. learning about this stuff. But um, you are... You and I don't really get into this stuff, but we have discussed it a little bit. And I'll say this. Me and you are pretty in tune. And today's going to be pretty open, but mm-hmm. we're pretty in tune with our bodies and our souls. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about individually. I'm talking about just me and you in, in general together, mm-hmm. right, as couples are. And we'll talk about this on, on the show a little bit. Um, but 
you know, the older you get, there's always those jokes of like, you know, the sex stops, mm -hmm. the sex goes away. The relationship starts to kind of not crumble, but, you know, that love that was there, the spark kind of goes spark. away. And I believe me and you have done a really good job of like not not reigniting, but kind of keeping that little mm -hmm. little uh, um, what do you call it? ember burning, fire burning yeah. and then and then reigniting it when the time is right. Because it is, as you get older, you do you run out of time, you run out of energy. Mm -hmm. um, but goddamn you kids you, won't leave you alone. You don't have that. You got to make the time. So we'll get into all that. Um, so let's um, let's give her a call mm -hmm. and have her. Have her uh, talk hey. about what, what she can do to help you guys out. Uh, so here we go. Welcome to the show, Leslie. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, well, we appreciate it. Uh, you and I have had a few conversations over uh, uh, Instagram, I believe, uh, just kind of messaging <coughs> each other. And uh, learning a little bit about what you've done or what you're doing, actually. And, um, you know, super interested uh, in all that kind of stuff. And I know Crystal uh, has also been interested in all that. We don't necessarily practice uh, what what you're teaching and what you bring to the table, things like that. Uh, not on purpose, at <laughs> least, right? But the more we read about it and the more I, I read about, you know, what you're doing and the more me and you talk and look into this kind of stuff, um, I figure, like we're kind of doing that already naturally some of it right mm -hmm. especially when it comes to like couple stuff and taking care of each other like physically and mentally and um you know so but i'll let you explain to the audience exactly you know your background and, and what it is that that you do but uh, i just wanted to mention that we we both find it super interesting especially that we were kind of already doing that that self-care uh mm -hmm. and then um you know we'll we'll take it from there so Go ahead and let us know what what this is all about and what you're what you're up to. For sure. Okay, so kind of a broad overreaching title I use is a consciousness coach. And that kind of covers a wide variety of things and it also allows me to operate with my clients or with my people in a way that is really honoring to whatever they're working on cuz not everybody's in a partnership. Some people are single, some people are separated, going through a divorce. We're all at different seasons of our life. And the consciousness side of that kind of broadly covers a wide variety of things. The area that you and I have been speaking about is really um, kind of falls under what some people would call Tantra. I don't do a ton of labels usually. And I like to naturally flow with, with my sexual energy and everyone else's. So... And that that's going to pique some interest right here. Just that one little comment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, but I want to know the, more. <laughs> exactly. The beautiful part about sexual energy and the way I view it a little bit differently than some is that it is our life force energy. Everything that we create from, whether it's, you know, our personal space, our relationships, even our businesses come from our life force energy. And when we can really tap into what that looks like for us, what that feels like for us, and how to use that to create and to do the things in our life that mean the most to us. Like if you ask somebody, you know, what their top priorities are, nine times out of 10, it's going to be their family, their work, <coughs> their mission here in this experience. And everything that we show up with comes from the base of our sexual energy or 
life force energy. So when we have a healthy relationship with our sexuality, or even if we're venturing into releasing some shame around that, that is a really big paradigm that everyone is looking at right now. Where is our shame housed? What does it look like? How did we end up with this cute little box of shame that degrades me every time I go to create something and it shows up as imposter syndrome or any garment of things that you could label under that box. So what what I have done personally, and it was kind of by accident, I'm not going to lie, like I was in a committed 21-year marriage, super conservative teachings, because for me and where I came from, which I didn't know all of this at that time, it felt really safe. They told me what to do, and they told me how to show up, and they told me I could go to heaven. So I was going to do all of those things to get you know, my kids to a good place, myself to a good place, and I was going to check all the boxes. Turns out, none of that worked. (laughs) And so I kind of came to this place of really examining, and my children were kind of the root of this, because anybody who has kids, you know, you just love them, even when they're dicks, even when they're dicks, you (laughs) just, and they can just, (laughs) oh, for sure, you love them, you want what's best for them. But as I was I also teach a concept called mirror consciousness. And when I was looking in the mirror of my children, I started to see that they were being steeped with shame. And I didn't like it because I really like them just as they are. And I couldn't understand what about what we had taught them and what we were learning had brought them to this place where they couldn't show up as themselves. So that was when I really started to examine my own experience. I did go ahead and leave my long, difficult marriage. And that's where my relationship with my sexuality and working with my sexual energy came in. I started really trying all these things. And a lot of them ended up being just repurposed and repackaged different forms of what I had already been taught. And that was frustrating to me. So in the process of this, I went through my, and this is where you and I come in in our conversations. I'm really vocal about everything in my personal experience, my sexual energy. I'm very open about that. And so people tend to feel really comfortable talking with me about their own experiences because I don't really hide anything. I'm really open about it, even if it's a lot for other people. So you and I started talking about this particular experience that I had, and I went through my first kundalini awakening. And for those of you who don't know what kundalini is, it's just another word for your own sexual energy and in sanskrit hindu teachings it's kind of um, stored at the base of your spine in your sacral chakra and it can be a little startling when it activates for that first time and for me it really was shocking and i like internally i'm processing it but i'm also in this experience where it's happening and i'm just like what is going on here and i felt pretty unstable i'm not gonna lie because it's such a strong energy and when you haven't tapped into it before it's it's a little bit overwhelming and i kind of like to start the whole conversation of energy work and kundalini and tantra with this description and i think this is something you and i talked about we've been talking for a couple years so i feel like it's i can't totally remember but i'm just going to flow naturally through this when we are sexually aroused and we're getting close to that orgasmic experience that we all love we start to feel the energy in our body. This energy 
is literally life force energy that you can create with. And for somebody who's new to energy work, I always introduce it like that because most of us recognize that energy and not only how good it feels, but also how elevated it is. So that's kind of where we come into like the different vibrations, the different um, things that you can call in and create from that energy. So somebody who's new to that, that's a great um, physical identifier for them in their body of what energy work is and using your sexual or life force energy to create from. Yeah, that's, um, I, I think it kind of begins with loving yourself, at least for me, right? Because if, and you mentioned this before too, that this happens to you on your own too, not just when you're with a partner, correct? Correct. I actually find it, because um, when you're with a partner, you're like wanting to please them, you're there for them, you're present with them, which is super beautiful. And when you start, so when I started working with my kundalini, I wasn't in a partnership. I actually went through my kundalini, my very first kundalini awakening in a private yoga class with a 500-hour teacher. Now, I hadn't gone through my yoga teacher training yet. They're actually, they teach this in your training practice. So had I vocalized with him what I was experiencing, he could have told me what it was. Mm. I was kind of processing it internally and how it manifested in that experience was I was extremely sexually turned on and we were just doing yoga. And so I was like, what is going <laughs> on? And like lovely human, like him a lot, but I wasn't prior to the class sexually attracted to him. So I was kind of shocked at my body's response and it was so strong and so present with me. I felt like I could orgasm without him touching me. And I was just like all thinking about all this and like, had I vocalized that, had I felt more comfortable saying that with him, he and I probably would have had a conversation about it, but I was just internally going, Oh, girl's off the chain. She needs to go home. <laughs> so, the, so when, yeah no go, go ahead. ahead oh i was well, just gonna I, say that sorry i was just gonna say real quick that it, it what you were saying earlier about just with religion and even in this country right we were we were founded by puritans right where sex and 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 sexuality is kind of hidden and it's it's more not not necessarily forbidden but forbidden to to talk about uh whereas violence like we're we're a nation of violence and it's easy for us to to see violence on tv to watch it mm -hmm. in movies but a nipple slip and you're done right and so <laughs> we're, we're not right. we're not used to that and so you know going back to what you were saying is like you weren't uh, sure if you should mention anything in that class because you were like myself and, and, and Crystal's the same way. She grew up, you know, Christian. I grew up Catholic. Talk about a, a, a religion that makes you feel guilty about every single thing you do. <laughs> and um, and so it is difficult for us to talk about those kind of things. And how do you move forward with and, and no wonder you you oftentimes have hard times uh, with in a relationship or sharing information with couples because you're almost ashamed to share those deep, intimate thoughts with the person that you're supposed to be madly in love with. But because you were raised a certain way, you kind of hide those things. Right. So that's right. So I call that our programming. And I think that's a pretty basic concept. And I love that you bring up the warrior stance of our nation, because obviously your podcast is geared to fucking epic warriors. And the kind of the way I view this 
with the warriors is that we're trained and we're openly cool with the stance of being strong and being um, defending what's ours and all the all of that that goes with being a warrior. There's extreme amount of discipline that's required for the masculine and the feminine when they step into that arena. And when you couple it with this tender aspect of your sexuality, it becomes a double strand DNA. So when we're standing full in our warrior stance, we're strong. Our nation is strong. We train warriors like badasses. You guys are just fucking epic. And I will count myself with you, even though I haven't had that training because I am a warrior to a fault, to an extent that I kind of lost that feminine tenderness of myself. So for me, going through that kundalini awakening at first, really owning my sexuality was really undoing all the programming I was handed. And because I've been so vocal about it and my process of it, I feel like it leaves this door open where there is no shame on my table. Whatever you bring to my table, I can I can handle it. We can talk about kinks. We can talk about all the sexual, quote, deviant thoughts you have and where they come from. And in my mind, this kind of releases our programming to really become that double strand DNA of the the tender warrior. And it allows us to step into the arena really whole and full of confidence in ourselves, confidence in how we're wired, confidence in the fact that we like what we like. It doesn't matter what your kinks are. Your kinks are irrelevant. It's about finding someone who in consent can enjoy those kinks with you. And and even if they can't, they can just come to the table with you and have the conversation without a bunch of shame that just is projected programming from someone else. So when I went through all of that, I wasn't in a partnership. So I began practicing it in masturbation and how to use my sexual energy to kind of release my programming and to heal parts of myself that had been repressed or even consent violations like rape or molestation and things like that. And it when I was doing it by myself, I could really focus that energy to the parts of my body where our trauma is stored. And like a warrior gets that like physically you guys experience wounds, but there are actually wounds to our energetic body that we can begin to heal with that energy. So that's like, that's my arena. That's where I'm at. I'm here for all of that. So, oh, go ahead, Crystal. Um, I, I love what you're saying. Cause I think that, that, like, I, there's so many thoughts, like, as you're talking, but I just want to keep listening, but I have so many questions and thoughts that's running through. Um, yeah. Because, like, one, I love how you're saying that, um, you know, just the acceptance and that you don't have to find someone that is exactly like you, just somebody mm-hmm. who doesn't shame you. And exactly. I think that in our society a lot, it's like, if you're not into something, then there's a propensity to be like oh you're a weirdo because you're into that or whatever (laughs) and it's like I and I always feel bad it's like just because you know we all like different ice cream (laughs) exactly and there shouldn't be I mean and then there's this this is the other aspect of that is like you guys are in a long-term committed relationship and we are energetic 
beings, souls, and we shift and we change and Mm -hmm. how to honor each other in those relationships while you're in it and while you're changing. Like, had I brought this to the table of my marriage, I would have been shamed completely. I probably never would have gone through this Mm -hmm. had I had I stayed in that relationship. Yeah. So as we kind of step more fully into who we actually are, and that comes when we, we let go of that programming, we let go of the things that other people taught us about ourselves that are really just their views of themselves and our parents mean well, but they tend to, especially the older generations, the boomers, and we're kind of in between them. And we've accepted a lot of projections as kids. And as we release that, we can start to own fully who we are. One of my favorite, favorite things about being so vocal about who I am as a sexual being is my direct messages. And I fucking love it with every ounce of me when men especially, I love it for women too, but when a man can be fully seen with his kinks and with his desires and he can be heard and he just like takes this deep breath and he's like, oh my God, I've never said that out loud. And you didn't shame me and you didn't judge me. And, you know, because I am so open, I do get invited to a lot of interesting situations that I don't necessarily partake of. But one of my greatest joys is that I never shame a person for bringing their desires to my table. Mm -hmm. That's that's awesome. I I honestly I'm going <clears> to <throat> go over a quick little story, um but there's many of these stories <clears throat> in my life and other people's lives too, right? But like I said, I grew up Catholic. My parents Catholic, right? Um right. there was a I think I was in 7th grade. Not that young. 7th grade, mm-hmm. if you get a phone number from a girl, it's not a big deal to me. If my kid came home, I'd be like, "Hey, that's awesome. Is she a friend?" I mean, I wouldn't just assume the worst, right? Um, but, and now they make friends online, you know, so you know how many friends my daughter has that are boys or males, um, I'm not freaking out over, uh, my son, but myself, um, I brought a a phone number or my mom actually found a note with a phone number in it when I was in seventh grade. I remember the shame she brought, like the, she was so destroyed. And when I think about it now, um, I mean, she was, it was, it was, it was a bit of a joke, the drama that she made. I mean, she was crying as Mm -hmm. if I was, you know, uh, getting molested or or raped by somebody else. (laughs) You know, I was in seventh grade and I brought a phone number. A phone number right. to this point. So this innocent. Day. So innocent. And no one, the question was never asked, are you dating? Are you? And if I was, I mean, won't, wouldn't you think that that's a perfect time or opportunity for a parent to kind of talk to your kids about dating and things like that? Because for me, I never had the talk from either my mom or my dad. That was how shameful they were right. of those situations, which you're like, how do you expect a young man to do the right thing when he's learning these things from other young dumb men, by the way, we're all dumb when we're, <laughs> you know, 12, 13 years old. Um, right. You're getting all this misinformation from everywhere. And, uh, and, but they get upset when you start learning about these things or start getting, you know, asking the, the, these type of questions. And, and so for me, like all the things you're saying are like, they're perfect for parents too, mm-hmm. I believe so that parents oh, can gosh. learn to teach. Cause there's nothing more beautiful than your your you having this open relationship with your kids and this is one of those 
situations. Yes. I don't I don't think there's a better situation or a more critical situation in your child's life than when you start talking about their sexuality. It's probably the last it's, frontier of generational trauma. Like we are all getting we're all becoming better than our parents were. Anger, mm-hmm. you know, facing things, talking about things like I think the generations just keep getting more open. And I think right. sexuality is like the last frontier. It's like our parents were, you know, just, you know, so frozen. And we're mm-hmm. like trying to break that generational curse. Yeah. So and that is exactly what I mean when I say that was the first mirror I looked at was my children being put in this box. And I have always been really open with them, but I haven't always been really comfortable with the fullness of my sexual expression. And so as I stepped into that, and you can imagine, I have five children, four sons and a daughter. And as I stepped more fully into this, just like anything, when we're real conservative, we tend to swing real far the other direction to figure out where we land in the middle. And so for them, they've they're in their teenage and adult years. So they got to witness me go from really conservative lifestyle to a really um, far, far left swinging view of sexuality and the expression of it. And then I've come more back to center now. And I, I have to give this to my kids. They were so gracious with me and so understanding and accepting of who I was. And I remember having a conversation with my youngest son and him saying, He honored me so much with this conversation, but he also held me accountable and I fucking love him for this. And he says to me, I love, love how free you are and how you're coming into your own. And it was almost like a role reversal for me. And I love watching it. He said, I would like to point out that your full expression is making my life a little bit uncomfortable because I am very free on social media and I had posted some boudoir pictures and my son ended up getting in a couple of fights because of people seeing these because my my platforms are all public and I was like oh that was a great check for me and I was able to honor him in that situation and honor myself but he also held me accountable to the fact that we're linked And every choice I make affects him. And I really, I so appreciated that he felt comfortable enough to come with me that, with me, to, to me with that and share with me how it affected him so that I could honor him more in my expression. And it was a really great accountability moment for me because I was kind of in that warrior space of everything be fucked. No one's going to tie Mm -hmm. me down or tell me how to do anything and I just really like I really felt like that was a role reversal in some ways but also a parenting win because I'd created enough safety for him to know he could come and say that to me so it was really awesome for me yeah I have to agree with you that is a beautiful moment because when our kids can tell you know can express their feelings to us because yes, if they whatever they are. Yeah, like if they can't talk to their parents about any subject, mm-hmm. when they do get married, if they decide to get married, there's no way they can be that open with someone else. You know, like we're the first yeah. stepping, you yeah. know, the first and if, step. If, and so that really is hard. amazing that he could, you know, come to you in such a grace, like how you said, show you grace and say yeah. it in such a grown up way. I love that. 
it was beautiful for me and it was also really good for me to see it through his lens because i was just doing me at that point i was like kids be hanged (laughs) and i love how you also you know make this about a family as well because we're kind of in the same boat where we're like well we're gonna be us but we also have to be mindful of our surroundings right right? our 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 family specifically our children right my my parents and and the other adults in the world i'm like get over it guys you're adults right i'm not worried about your feelings your emotions plus they were all freaks they just hit it right exactly (laughs) this stuff is not this this is not just come up now you know this has been going on since the the caveman days i mean you know (laughs) they were probably obviously more free then because they had no no shame at all right but kind of going back to you know the kids like we said we're very much like you we have four boys one girl you know and we're we're both divorced and that's kind of where we we left off um and so we had to kind of learn to to each other's to learn each other's soul i guess is the best way i can describe it um and then also bringing our kids into a whole new family right so me and crystal had to learn very quickly um how to adapt to each other and adapt to to a different lifestyle mm-hmm. with kids that were also used to, you know, a different lifestyle, too. So mm-hmm. uh, before learning about all this stuff, we kind of were were in, by accident, I would say, messing around with this, you know, because and I'll, I'll give a lot of credit to, to Crystal because she's always been the free spirit. If anybody was uptight, it was always me. Now, sexually, I've always had these these desires and wants and needs. And, you know, I always assume I'm just a guy and that's, that's, that's what it is. But then you quickly discover that like women have these desires too, you know? And I think one of the things that me and Crystal or that both of us or attracted each other, um, us to each other is the fact that that was one of the things that, that we had in common, you know, we weren't scared to share that, that kind of information. And so I think that's made us successful. And as we get older, a lot of people claim or, you know, there's always the old joke that you get older and the sex goes away, right? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. And no. we've kind of proven, like, if anything, it gets better as you get more mature. Or it can get. as The more you understand each other, the more you understand each other's bodies, uh, wants and needs, what makes her tick, what makes me tick. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think one of the things you said earlier, you really caught Crystal's attention because uh, I saw her eyes spread, you know, uh, wide open is when you were talking about just kind of discovering that, you know, that sensation and in, in your chakras and that finding that energy on your own without physical touch. And that's one of those things that I think, you know, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about that or what other, you know, couples or individuals can do because, uh, well, that's what I I think it is really interesting and very helpful to people because I because I've experienced that where and it was like and not to be too too much but like even just a couple of days ago I was like I was I was like laying in bed and had that experience where we weren't even touching and I was orgasming orgasming right sorry I have a little yeah. bit of a cold so I so it's like that is such a freeing feeling and such a good place to be. And then, so I just wanted to connect it um, to, because I know that, like, I love gong meditation. And that is supposed to, like, you know, release your chakras. And I I don't want to pretend like I know everything about chakras. I just know that Uh when I do a gong meditation, and I was not buying it the first time, and I did it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, 
I, it just felt so good. And then when you said that one of the life forces, um, is a chakra and I forget the name you called it. It kind of is housed in your sacral chakra. So it's the base, the, the first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm kind of going to go off a little bit on a tangent here, but I'll, I'll bring it back around. So when you're, when energy is not contained, like we're contained in this body, our energy really is not. And that's where our life force energy becomes kind of this, um, this energy that we can work with in any arena and you can apply it to anything. And so when you're experiencing that by yourself and you're experiencing that orgasmic feeling by yourself, not even being touched, there's a lot of freedom in your body and there's a lot of self-acceptance. So when you can move that energy and in the past, I did a lot of work on myself through masturbation, like I talked about, and I cleared each of those areas. And I did spend a lot of time because I personally had a lot of trauma from um, consent violations in my past. And so I spent a lot of time in that base first chakra and it kind of goes the opposite order of what we think. It starts at the base of our spine as one and goes all the way up. And some people think there's only seven, but there's like literally hundreds. And that's where like we limit ourselves to our human body, but it's not, it is, it is infinite. Like I can, I can send my energy and I do a lot of distance healing with my clients in that I can link energy with you through this phone call. Like you're feeling my energy right now, even through my voice on the call. Like I draw in my ideal clients with every ounce of my energy and it's not limited to a place or a person. It's not limited at all. I don't even have to use my voice. I can send my energy and bring that in. And that's actually how I have been able to create some really successful businesses and draw in what I call my soul family. And what you were talking about, um, Mario, with um, not being worried about the adults around you, but more down the line. This is super military thought, like my responsibility is down the line, but also I have a responsibility to these people that I've manifested in my life. And I take that on willingly. And so I, I actually, I can feel when my children tap into my energy, I can feel when people tap into my energy separately. Like right now, there's going to be a lot of people that tap into my energy just from this podcast. That is how infinite we are. And that's how huge and powerful this energy that you're working with is and what you can do with it is limitless. And anytime we step into that unknown, the limit the limitlessness we can create beyond our wildest imaginations. We can step onto timelines we didn't even know existed for us. And this is just a tiny glimpse of what I actually do when I'm working with my one-to-one clients or group clients and what we bring to the table because everybody brings this unlimited life force energy to the table. And there's, you know, there's different seasons for it. Sometimes mine is really strong in one direction and, and maybe less so in another. And I'm spending a ton of life force energy in my current experience on building a couple of new businesses. And so maybe like my actual relationships, my physical relationships are showing up a little bit differently from that. And I'm cool with that. Like I choose where I spend my energy. A lot of times we're not aware of where we're extending our energy and 
I would say as a whole, the masculine side of our beings, that we each have masculine and feminine inside of us, but we also have a predominant one on the outside. And most of our society operates in the masculine. And there's a real balancing out right now in consciousness of the feminine and masculine. And we're watching these feminines rise and some masculines are cool with it. And they're like, here for it. And how do we support? What do we do? How do we show up more? And they're learning. And then there's some masculine sides of us that are like no we're going to repress that down we're going to keep it boxed and contained but as we grow in our consciousness and in our awareness those kind of integrate more and we're able to create as a collective all of us together this really unimaginable experience and it's anything you can imagine and more so all that to say like this energy that you're working with when when you can feel that that orgasmic experience alone by yourself with no touch like it's coming from a place of just pure creation and pure energy and just like there's so much sacred in that and the honoring of that and each person brings so much to everyone's table and that's the part I fucking get high on like my sexual energy is <laughs> super peaked. It's super peaked right now and I'm full in it and I can feel it. Like I can feel your guys' energy and your followers and like you guys are, Oh, it's so good. It's all so good to me. It's awesome. And I love the term, uh, the um, tender warrior because for yes. a lot of our listeners and you know people and our friends and, you know, their military, law enforcement, first responders, and even just just uh, men and women, right? That that needed to be tough to get through. A lot of divorced men and women, you know, uh, they get bitter and they get tougher, and they think this is the way to go. You need to turn into a rock so that I don't get hurt again. But that tender warrior term, I love it because you can be tough, but you can also be kind. You can be open to new ideas, and and that's ultimately where I want to go. I know that's ultimately, and I think Crystal's way ahead of me on that, but you know, I, I definitely know we both want balance and you know, right. what you're talking about well, the, to me sounds like balance. So it is balance and it's balance in a way that we haven't even really fully seen it come into the full expression yet. Like this is just the beginning. And when you say the term that you just used about crystal being further along. I want to bring some insights to that before our time is up because where the feminine leads in the energetics. So crystal in your relationship is re leading energetically, but her leading energetically manifests as you leading physically. So when you're in a really strong partnership and there's a spoken commitment between you two, you're linked and you've determined that these these two people are going to lead and you each have your place and sometimes we don't know our place in those situations because of societal constructs but crystal is leading energetically and it manifests in you leading physically so you only go where she has led so if she's leading with authenticity and she's really true to herself you're able to then step more fully into that physical expression and then she can lead even further and it's this linked dynamic Just keep that we each often other. Yeah, you're just furthering your cause, whatever your authentic passion, what you're here for as a couple is furthered 
even further on that timeline. And then it opens up these other timelines for you that you didn't even know existed. And it's just like, when I get to witness that, oh my gosh, so turned on. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. Well, I want to thank you for your time because I, I know this is super important and I think the timing couldn't be perfect. Um, I, I'm not a guy that, that likes to follow these, these holidays and like this Father's Day, Mother's Day and all this other stuff and Valentine's Day. I think you should always celebrate each other. I get it. We got to have a day where we can really celebrate. Yeah. But uh, I think Valentine's uh, couples should be celebrating each other all the time. But mm -hmm. since it is uh, that, that, you know, uh, uh, getting closer, um, do you have any final advice or any words for any couples out there struggling or even just trying to find their way in, in their relationship? And then also, where can they find you? And, um, you know, what can you do to, to help them out in, in the future? Yeah, so uh, I think when you're partnering with someone, if there's resistance in your relationship, that's a it's a pain point in your relationship. And just like in our physical bodies, when we have a pain point, we tend to stop and examine it and kind of circle it mentally and kind of what do I need to do to adjust this? If it's your back, your leg, whatever, you kind of, you do some self-care, you look at it, you spend time with it. So not avoiding the resistance, but also not over not over processing it so the feminine as a whole they want to kind of dig into that like why is there this resistance there and that's where that term of the nagging wife comes from they just like they're identifying the pain point and they're they're just soul focused on that so that's where the feminine can get a little bit lost and the masculine can tend to kind of fall into that and these are societal constructs so forgive me but it is what we're used to yeah. And the masculine can kind of tend to avoid it. And if your relationship is flip-flopped, honor it. No big deal. But I'm just pointing out what is the norm. So if you can kind of find some common ground in that moment and go, yes, I see the resistance. Yes, I want to hold space for it. Mentally, I don't want to process with you for five hours about why we're having this issue. Like literally laugh together, enjoy each other, highlight highlight the beautiful parts of your relationship while at the same time not avoiding the resistance in your relationship and hold space for the fact that you're each at different places you're each in different experiences and moments you each have your separate creation while you're co-creating and where can people find you and uh, if they have any questions or, or need more help where can they find you yeah, so I have a personal website, which I haven't updated forever, but it's lesliemlion.com. And of course, I'm on Instagram. It's Lazriel underscore Virtus, B-I-R-T-U-S. And I can send you all those links if you want to post them oh, yeah. too. And then they can always um, check in with me in either place there. I'm not, I'm not too hard to find, but if they want my email too, I can give you that also. Yeah, I mean, whatever you want uh, to share with them, we'll, we'll definitely post it on our page. Uh, awesome. But I found you on Instagram, and you were super open, easy to talk to. Um, so yes. I, I love uh, watching your, your posts and, and the things you, you talk about just like today. There's so much more. I mean, this could be a three-hour podcast easily, right? Totally. I mean, even totally. longer, I'm sure. And, I, and yep. I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll have you back on and so we can expand on, on, on some of these ideas and, and you know, give us updates on, on what you're doing because I love sharing this and I, I love for our, our listeners to, to discover themselves too, just like me and Crystal have. And I think it's a, it's a lifelong um, work. You know, I don't think this ever yeah. stops. I think you just keep growing and learning from each other. 
it doesn't even end in this lifetime and that's the beautiful mm-hmm. part that's awesome that well awesome. one last thing before we go um mm-hmm. i i know we mentioned this earlier and crystal was trying to figure out uh her her um her uh celebrity couple but we were discussing on who is a celebrity couple that dated on screen but never actually dated in real life just to kind of have fun with this, right? And the reason why we asked that is we were – me and Crystal were watching uh, Wedding Singer last night, something that's mm-hmm. a flashback to my you know high school days. And, um, you know, I was talking to her about how you know, Drew Barrymore and um, – what's his face? Um, Adam, Adam Sandler, Sandler. you know, would have made an amazing, like, real-life couple, but they mm-hmm. made, I think, 50, 50 first dates and uh, mm-hmm. Wedding Singer. And I think there was talk of them doing another movie, and you know, in the, in the last year or two and things like that. So for me, I thought that would have been an awesome couple. Another one was what? Who was it? Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks never dated in real life, but they made some amazing movies, right? Um, like you right. can feel their energy. <laughs> you like can we feel, think they have that energy. Yeah, we we yes, and that's and that's the thing. It's not just about like oh, we think they make a, we think they have like this energy, and they do. I, I even if they don't date, I feel like they have this energy, and that's why those movies, those romantic comedies, uh, was right. another one. Billy Crystal and uh, Meg Ryan wasn't that the one where she does the the fake orgasm or something in the middle yes. of lunch. Yes. You know, an epic scene, another epic movie. So those are the kind of couples that we're talking about. I think Crystal has one. I don't know if you still had one. I know you said you're not really a movie person, but I have one, but it's not a movie one. So well, let's let Crystal go. Okay, first. let's see. Okay, um, I have an old school one that we all, I guess the kids nowadays call this shipping. When you want two people, like you can sense their energy. This uh-huh. is old school. Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet. Oh yeah, like oh, from Titanic. so much, but and then nah, but the, she let him die. She um, <laughs> she let him freeze. So I don't know. I know there's a lot of questions about that, but <laughs> there was enough space oh, on that sure. door. Yes, there was. There totally was. We all see it now. We're like, <laughs> shit on it. Um, um, so I'm. Go ahead. Oh no, I had two more. Um, just because oh, I'm good. I'm obsessed with pop culture. Um, the current one is Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. I love that. When they sang together, I was like, yes, um, I, I need to be alone. <laughs> like, right? This, they were so onto it. And the other two is Justin Timberlake and Jimmy Fallon. So <laughs> Justin t- and all oh, both together. Those yes. two guys, they, they, they are pretty funny together. And they, they have just, energy. They, they have energy. That's, <laughs> that's what I'll say. They have energy. Yeah. That's so cool. I love those so much. Um, So I'm going to say stay super esoteric, as is my way. And it's not a movie couple, but it's Shakti and Shiva, which is the divine masculine and the divine feminine in their full expression. Because when you come into the full expression, and this is beautiful for couples, but also beautiful when you're not in a partnership, because you can have this with yourself. And when your wounded masculine can heal in the presence of your divine feminine and vice versa, you're unstoppable by yourself. But when you're in a couple, when you're in a partnership, and when that masculine side of yourself can show up as his wounded self or the feminine can show up with her chaotic wounded tsunami of emotions with a divine masculine and she can be fully seen that's when your partnership reaches a whole new level of beautiful oh my god i love that i love it too i i couldn't uh see a better way to end the show on that note so (laughs) 
Thank you again, uh, the beautiful Leslie Lyon, everyone. Thank you, thank you. Uh, we will definitely be doing this again, and uh, if you're if you're up for it, and uh, we'll I see. I totally am. I'm here for it. Yeah. If anybody has questions or anything else, we'll send them your way. Send us whatever awesome. you you got, and uh, we'll post up uh, your links and where they can find you. So thank you again, Leslie. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. It was such a joy. All right. Well, take care. Thanks.